0: You have to be able to uh, know what fuels your body at the right time and how much you need to fuel it. Look, there's four things know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference.
1: Welcome in, folks, to the Run the Race podcast. I think we're on episode uh, 81 now. Uh, we've been going at this for almost two years now, and have a great guest for you. Um, you know, we just had the 20th anniversary of the September 11th attacks. Hard to believe it's been that long since uh, one of the biggest tragedies in world or U.S. history, and we have a, a local firefighter on uh, to talk about you know his experiences. Uh, you know, when that happened uh, two decades ago and just seeing all those first responders, you know, almost 400 New York City firefighters dying on that day, 9-11 uh, in 2001. Hard to believe, just, just unfathomable. So we talked to him about that. He's also, you know, a husband and a father to three daughters. So we're going to hear from him in just a little bit. But, you know, I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, being a father as well. I have a daughter and a son, both teenagers, both amazing kids. And my son, you know, he's he's a runner, uh kind of like I am. Uh he's a lot faster than I am and uh, and skinnier, uh, but he is 17 years old and runs for his uh, high school's cross-country and track teams. And uh, seeing the first couple of meets he's already had for cross-country, he's done very well. Uh, it's just great to see him compete and enjoy it and have friends you know, that that also have that same passion of running. It's not an easy sport. A lot of people don't like to run, and it's uh, really hard. You're competing against yourself and other people you're racing as well. But just telling a quick story, about, you know, kind of related to how, how God is with us. You know, when I, when he first started running back in, like, fifth or sixth grade, um, I, I was kind of new to running and really passionate about it uh, a few years into my running career. And, um, you know, it's was to, to see him and, and kind of coach him, get him excited about it, and, and uh, him and, and his sister. And, uh, you know, after one year of competing in cross-country middle school, he told me, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to run. Uh, Dad, this is your dream, not mine. And, you know, I had kind of pushed and pushed so much and just trying to motivate him to, to do this. And, and maybe it was, you know, most mostly my idea. So he gave it up for a year and played some other sports, did some other things, and then kind of got back into it a year later, kind of found it. You know, found the passion himself, wanted to compete and run with his friends. And uh, that's, uh, in a way, kind of how God is with us. Because sometimes, you know, uh, if if you know God has the power, he could just make us believe, right? But he doesn't. We He gives us free will and wants us to discover it for ourselves. So we truly have that passion. We believe. We have that faith. It's not forced upon us. It's not just like we're robots. And so the same thing with my son. You know, he discovered it for himself. And I had to, as a dad, I had to learn to, to, you know, with my type A personality, take my foot off the gas and, and let him, you know, find that for himself, fail if he has to and succeed when he has to. And that for my job is to just be, you know, his cheerleader and just to root for him, support for him, no matter if he does this sport or this academic thing or whatever. And, you know, I know that, you know, he will succeed, but that success doesn't mean that he's first place or that he has the best score on this test or whatever else. It's just that he gives his best. And, uh, that, that I root for him no matter what, and I'm proud of him no matter how he does and same from our daughter. So just wanted to say that, uh, as a father, it's, it's so important. And, uh, speaking of that, one of the great dads I know, Mark Burnett is our guest for this podcast. Uh, like I said, he's been married uh, almost 40 years, 38 years now, three daughters, seven grandkids which uh, obviously that's the you know top priority in his life. He got his bachelor's degree in psychology at Liberty University. He got his fire science associate's degree at CVCC, Chattahoochee Valley Community College. Uh, he is currently working for Columbus Fire and EMS. This is in Columbus, Georgia, just south of Atlanta. Uh, he is now battalion chief. He's been with the, the fire department for 36 years, so uh, really has given uh, a lot of his life to that. And he's got about a year and a half until retirement. Retirement. He's also an ordained minister with the Assemblies of God, has been a lead pastor and associate pastor for several churches in Georgia. Uh, he also is big into fitness. He's a really fit guy for his age, works out a lot at the gym, uh, enjoys running. He has competed in uh, several different races, including a full Ironman event before his shoulder surgery and uh, placing second in his age group in, in another fitness event. And he says he's training for his next Ironman uh, to be next year, twenty. 22. We wish him all the best. Here's my discussion with this uh, brave hero and firefighter who uh, I've known for uh, decades through church. I would like to welcome one of my good friends to the podcast, Mark Burnett, firefighter and pastor here in the Columbus, Georgia area. Thank you so much for being here.
0: Well, Jason, thank you, man. It's been a great honor. Uh, our friendship goes long and deep, and man, it's just an honor to be here with you today.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you, you've been my pastor for years, and we'll talk about that in church. We've spent many times praying together at the right. altar, and and uh, kind of you know each other's families, and so. Uh, um, and I want to talk about you know your days of firefighting, almost four decades of that. That and and uh, but also you know uh, we are this episode is coming out just around the 20th anniversary of September 11th the attacks that tragic day that we will never forget. Right. Um, tell me about you know where you were because I know obviously you were uh, about uh, 15 years into your firefighting right. career <clears throat> and you know firefighters were just knee deep into this tragedy. So where were you and what were your thoughts on that day?
0: Right. Well, I mean, I, I remember very vividly. I was riding down the road and it came on it came on the news that, that America was under attack. And uh, so I just kind of, first, just disbelief, number one, that that the greatest nation in the world could be under attack. And so I just kind of pulled my truck over to the side and just really just kind of dived. I would just dove into that, that newscast and just really I was just I was in disbelief um, and then when I got to a TV seeing all the destruction, that's when it really hit home for me and that was a day that changed our nation forever for sure
1: yeah and from uh, a first responder's perspective, I mean was this something that you know you have a sense of anger, pride for your fellow men right. and women and what they were doing kind of running into the building as right. others were running out um, or just a sense of like you know, we want to do something.
0: Right. You know? Well, really, threefold: a little bit of anger, um, um, being very prideful that my brothers and sisters in another state is going to do what they signed up to do, and that's to help people. And number three, just a passion to help. And that's where really, that's 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 what our job's all about. It's about it's about passion for people. Um, you know, that day was the day that you seen really the heart. Of what a firefighter, paramedic, EMT, uh, police officer uh, really is. It's about trying to take care and save other people with disregard for your own. Um, and yeah, it was just a it was just a wrenching day for us for sure.
1: Yeah. So you know, do you feel um, not a sense of helplessness, but do you feel like I mean, you're you know, um, hundreds, thousands of miles away right. from where this happened, DC and New York. But do you say, you know, what can we do here in, in Georgia or Alabama?
0: Right. Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, what, what can we do f- from a support standpoint? And, of course, um, we, we kicked in. We, we pray first. And we, we, we started praying for them guys and girls up there and really the whole community of New York and D.C., Pennsylvania. Um, and really that was really kind of our main focus, mine personally, because I couldn't go. I couldn't go and be there with them, um, so I could certainly pray for them and pray for their safety. Uh, but it did teach us a great lesson here. Uh, you know, it, it's it's always amazing to me that when tragedy hits, uh, you have one or two responses. You either have a response of flight, you're going to get out of there, or you're going to have a response of, of going to and trying to help. So that's what, that's what we do as first responders, for sure. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: And, you know, you, you think to yourself, like, if I was in that position, right. if I was in, like, you know, oh, New yeah. York City, so do you think to yourself, like, what would I have done? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, is your instinct, you know, obviously to, to go? But, I mean, I, I imagine those men and women in uniform were, were scared to death, but, right. but, but they did it anyway.
0: That's right. Well, yeah, and, you know, we all ask that question. I, I can remember sitting around the fire station um and we, we, we ask that question to each other, man, you know, what, what would we have done? What would you have done? Would, you know, uh, you hear stories of great heroism, of people off-duty in the New York area, firefighters off-duty coming and grabbing their gear and going to the scene and, and, and losing their life, a lot of them. Um, you know, you, you do ask yourself, what would I have done on that day? And, you know, for me, I can't really answer that question because I was not there, but I can, I think I know what I would've done. I think I would've went and, and suited up and went and tried to try to help people. But at the end of the day, it's a reaction. So um, it, it's, and, and for me, it was one of those actions that, um, man, is you just, you just see it, and you just go after it for sure.
1: Yeah, and now you know it's been 20 years. Hard to believe. It's one of those things that, like, you probably have new firefighters, medics, EMTs right. that they weren't around during oh, yeah. that time in yeah, 2001. Absolutely. So yeah. you know, is it um, you know a different perspective from them? I mean, in terms of like, mm-hmm. you want to make sure the public, but just especially first responders right. don't forget,
0: right? Right. Well, you know, you know, 20 years ago, we have a lot of kids now. I call them kids. Um, <laughs> come in and they weren't even born. They, they, they just read about it in the history books. They kind of look to us seasoned kind of people uh, to really draw from, you know, really, what was it like, what was, what was that day like for you? They ask those questions and uh, the generation of, of kids we have coming in now are professionals. They, we, are, we are a profession. Um, you know, the fire department, medical, EMT, police officer, anybody in public safety is a profession. Uh, and you learn, you learn through hard times like we we did 20 years ago, uh, on how to be better. And that's what we try to communicate to our to our younger people. Yeah.
1: And I know you're an ordained minister with the Assemblies of God, yes. and so you know um, a lot of people, and maybe even still today, asking this question: you know, how could God quote allow something like this right. to happen? This is an attack on America. Nearly 3,000 people that day alone right. killed, and others died later because of just the, the effects of the smoke and everything. Right. So, what would you say to folks about saying like, "Hey, listen, why did God again quote right. allow this?"
0: Well, you know, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't believe God. God don't let evil come upon any of us. I believe that with all my heart. Uh, God is a good God. He's a good Father. Um, and we do have a, a, a evil part of this world that we live in. The Bible is very specific about that. Um, it, it, it's very clear. It's, it says, uh, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and wickedness in high places. Uh, and just like there's a God, there is a devil. And, um, you know, there are evil people in this world. So, you know, and we've, we've had, I've had people ask that question, well, if God's such a loving God, how can He allow this to happen? Um, and it's one of those questions that, you know, you, you have to be very, you have to be very careful how you answer that because most people uh, that are not Christians uh, don't have a belief in God, uh, don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Can can kind of turn that—that you know. Well, if he was a loving God, this would never happen. Well, that's just—that's just not true. Um, Bad things happen to good people, uh, and life happens. Uh, uh, Just—I have a good friend of mine right now that's battling just a terrible. He got stage four cancer. Um, uh, Just—just a great guy, man. Um, And I've learned something from him through through his sickness that you know, life happens. Uh, we, we live in an imperfect world. We live in an imperfect body. And, you know, things. life is going to happen. That don't mean God don't love us. That don't mean God ain't for us. That don't mean God is a bad God. God's a good God. God's a, a, a good father to us. So, um, that, that's a very difficult question to answer to a non-believer for sure.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you've, um, you know, you know, been pastoring and preaching and doing that for, you know, off and on for many years, and obviously a firefighter for right. 36 years. So, h- how do you juggle that? I mean, obviously, you know, your, your chief job is, is husband and father, and now grandfather. Right. Uh, but um, you have the other hats, you know, firefighter right. uh, and, and, and pastor and, and, you know, mentor to other folks. Right. So, how do you kind of juggle all those different uh, hats?
0: Right. <laughs> well, it, it's funny you ask that, Jason, because um, uh, I, I've got a great wife. Man, my wife, we've been married for 39 years. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. 39 years. Her name's Sandy, and you know her very well. And just she makes me better every day. She is my best friend. She's the one I can go to and lay my cards out on the table. And, um, you know, I juggle all those hats because I have good people in my life. Mm-hmm. I try to surround my, myself with people of like faith, but I also try to surround myself with people that are better than I am. Uh, and look, leadership. Uh, it's funny. We started a brand new small group today. I'm doing um, um, at Starbucks on Bradley Park Drive at 6 a.m. in the morning. If you if you ever that way at 6 yeah. a.m., come <laughs> out, <and laughs> drop by. Early start. Uh, early start. But uh, that's what we do. We just we, we we dive into leadership principles that the Bible teaches, uh, and we just encourage each other. And and that's that's how I juggle all the hats that I wear. Is because I got good people in my life that I can be honest with. You know, look. Let's be honest. We, we all, none of us are perfect. We all go through our struggles every day, and it's, it's good to have a group of people where you can take your mask off and get real and say, hey, man, look, I'm struggling in this area. And that's, that's the reason why I can do what I can do is because I surround my people myself with people like that
1: yeah and you know uh, you know not to you know be kind of uh overly you know, general about it but you know maybe in a police department or a fire department it may be uh not the most clean conversations perhaps <laughs> no no listen uh, you know firefighting. Some, uh, some jokes and some off color stuff right, right? so right. how do you handle that you know do you i mean do they know you as okay that's that's pastor mark right. or that's that's battalion chief mark right. and do they you know do you is that an opposite like a like a mission field for you
0: well, it is. It is. But, um, but it's also um, a place where they can be their self. You know, I don't, you know, um, I learned a long time ago I am um, better than nobody. I'm the least of everybody. I believe, you know, in, you know Jesus is, uh, he said it very clearly in his word that, that we have all, all, everybody, every person that has ever been born or ever will be born we all fall, fall short. We just all fall, fall short of the glory of God. And except for Jesus. Except for <laughs> Jesus. And and that's the reason why Jesus came. That's why He died on the cross for our sins is because He had to be a sacrifice for, for mine and Jason's sins where we could have a direct path to, to, to the Father. And um, But the guys at the station, they, they just they just know me and they know that I'm not going to judge them or condemn them. They know that if they... Say a bad word or a bad joke comes up, I'm going to probably pull them to the side and say, "Hey, you know, let's kind of calm that down a little bit." But they, but they know I love them. I'm for them. I'm not going to ever embarrass them in front of people. And um, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great profession to have. And look, I work with some of the greatest people on the face of the earth. Um, and they, they know they know my belief system very well for
1: sure. <laughs> and you, I mean, when you're there, you know, uh, you know, one on, three off, or whatever the the shift is. When right. you're there for 24 hours or right. 48 hours straight, you're obviously your number one job is you know protecting the public, putting right. out fires, and helping with emergencies. Um, but you know, do you get a chance to kind of have some really kind of really deep conversations with with folks, maybe that are you know Christians or not? Yeah. And pray yeah. with folks because I mean because they like you said they know who you are.
0: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know we live a third of our our life away from home, uh so we live a third of our life with the people that we work with, sure, so we're there every we we work twenty four on forty eight off sometimes we'll work a forty eight on twenty four off if we're working for somebody um so we have a lot of time that we spend together and it, it look i I look at it kind of like a small group you know. Yes. R- relationships are, are built in the context of small groups, small groups of people. So I can get to know Jason and I can get to know your family and I can get to know what you struggle with. And, and, and yeah, absolutely, man, we, we have some deep conversations for sure. And going back to, to, um, to 9-11, um, we had some very deep discussions. Mm-hmm. There, were, there, there was a lot of my friends and my, 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 my guys and girls that were really, really angry. And, um what's revenge yeah yeah like man how dare them do that you know type thing and and you have some of them I'm gonna sign I'm gonna sign up I want to go I want to go serve my country right you know and they they take a step away from their occupation and go and serve uh, but, yeah, we, we've had some very good discussion for sure.
1: Yeah, and, you know, when you see, you know, I mean, first responders, like you said, there's a lot of connection yes. between the military where maybe um, maybe former soldiers or veterans become firefighters or police right. or vice versa. So, you know, that's you're kind of lumped in together. So when you see everything that's happened over the course of the, the, these past 20 years right. since 9-11, I'm sure that's something that you are very prayerful about as well. A-
0: absolutely, yeah. We, we are a paramilitary organization. You know, we we serve a, we we have a lot of people who are in the military come and serve alongside of us. Once they get done with their career in the armed service, they'll come and they will hire them. And man, they're they're quality people, very disciplined, very organized, um, and and man, they're 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 a lot of fun to be around too. So it's it's a brotherhood, it's a camaraderie, it's uh, it's 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 more of hey man, I got your back. You don't you don't worry about that. So. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I know when you and I first met, um, you know, more than 20 years ago, uh, you were at Trinity Temple as right. an associate pastor. So, um, you know, I know obviously you're still a full-time firefighter at least for right. the next year and right. a half. I um, know you're looking forward to retirement. Um, but, uh, you know, do you still get a chance to, to preach or pastor or is that something that, like you said, you're more kind of in the small groups and like a, a volunteer work, right. I guess. right?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, we, we have those opportunities. Um, we are we're very involved in our church, and you know we we get a chance to minister uh not only through our small group and me and my wife we also do a lot of uh, marriage um, counseling and marriage working with different young couples that kind of thing um and and i get to I get to preach sometimes too so it's um it's 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 a great you know being bivocational for so many years, you really get to see um you really get to see a different side of ministry um, because look, if if you're in ministry, it ain't you, you're not you're not part time. You're all you're you're full time. You you may get get paid part time. You're full time. I mean you're you're on call 24 seven that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, we, we get a chance to dive in and really do some good stuff for sure.
1: And you're talking about being bivocational. You know, I've heard one pastor say, you know, that uh, people that are not technically in the ministry and they work you know jobs in the private sector. Or even like for you know consolidated government right. or something that that you are marketplace ministers and That's that you right. can have even more of an impact than than a, than a pastor. So what would you what would your message be to folks who maybe they feel like you know hey I'm a Christian I want to really have an impact on people's lives but I'm I'm a lawyer or I'm right. a teacher or I'm you know a, a trash collector. So what right. would you say to folks about how how can you do ministry while doing your job? Yeah, you know?
0: listen, um, you know Jesus is very specific in the Great Commission. Uh, and we, we live in a great big harvest field, uh, but we just don't have workers, the Bible says. Uh, so pray God send workers into the field where we can reap a harvest. Uh, and that's those. everybody has a purpose on this planet, Jason. And I believe with all my heart, you can have an impact right where you're at. If you're a lawyer, if you're a teacher, if you're a garbage collector, it don't matter. You start right there in your sphere of, of, of influence and man you can have a tremendous impact uh on people uh on on their families on their their people that they're around their their circle of folks um and and being being bivocational um sometimes is a challenge but for for every every christian look there's four things know god find freedom discover your purpose And make a difference Mm -hmm. and those four things are foundational um that 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 scripture teaches that that hey we are here to make a difference in somebody else's life and to share christ with them so yeah, man, they can have a tremendous impact right where they're at.
1: Yeah, and it you know talks in the Bible also about um, kind of um, you know kind of uh, part of your witness is maybe protecting your body. That's right. The, the, the yes. body is a temple. That's right. And so uh, I know you're in, in great shape. For uh, you, are you in your fifties? I am in my fifties. Okay. I am, a, <laughs> we'll I am fifty. I am fifty-five
0: and a half. Fifty-five
1: and a half. Well, <laughs> that's a half. important. That's a, that's an important <laughs> milestone right there exactly. for sure. Um, so you know, at your age, you're in great shape. You know, um, and and so uh, maybe a lot of folks that are your age, especially around here in Georgia, and Alabama, are not as in right. good shape, uh, especially with this pandemic we've been going through. Yeah, we've right. become maybe more couch potatoes. So for you, what is what is the motivation to go to the gym and, and stay in shape? Because obviously your job, it's important, right. but just overall for, for Mark Burnett to, yeah. to be kind of fit right. at your age.
0: right? Well... Um was well, kind of twofold. Number one, I want to I, I wanna, I wanna take care of my body where I can live as long as I can. Sure. Um, and, and I want to be able to let my wife say, hey, man, my husband's taking care of himself, and yeah. so I'm going to try to take care of myself. And so I, I, it's twofold. Number one, I do it because my, our body is the temple. Um, and uh, secondly, I do it because my job requires me to stay physically fit. Uh, but I do it. I, I just do it because it's fun. Yep. You know, I mean, it's, it, you know, I enjoy it. my wife. We, we walk a lot together. We, you know, we spend time doing stuff together. But I like it because of the competition. I like it because it's a challenge. Look, man, I, I, I would love to, I love to eat. Uh, I mean, I love to eat. And there's a lot of things I love to eat that, that I, have, I have to, man, I can't eat that. You know, yep. uh, it takes a lot of discipline. So uh, I'm a very structured, routine type guy. So you know, it's just, it's it's a challenge to me to be able to to turn away from something and try to stay as fit as I can.
1: Yeah. So, what is your routine? I mean, are you are you working out at a gym or at the fire station in terms of right. weights? Or are you doing uh, body weight stuff? Are you running? Kind of right. all the above? Or? Right.
0: Well, you know, um, when I first got into doing triathlons, uh, man, I, I found my passion. I love it. Uh, there's nothing no more exciting than biking, swimming, and running. Uh, and the great thing about that is, is that you don't have to be super good at any one discipline. Sure. You know, uh, my strongest suit uh, is bike is, is the bike. My weakest is the run. You could you could smoke me <laughs> in running. <laughs> no. you, all the marathons you run, you could smoke me. <laughs> well, you got that.
1: good quads for the bike. Well, know, right? yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, and then swim, I just do the very best I can. Yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, it, it's it's just about the challenge uh, of doing that, the competition to do it. You meet some incredible people. Um, but but I, to answer your question, you know, my routine is I'm up at 5 o'clock, I'm at the gym by 5.30, have a black cup of coffee. I hit the weights for two hours, do 45 minutes of cardio, and out the door I go and I go start my day. When I'm at the fire station, we do have physical fitness equipment there. We have weights and treadmills. So we all, as a group, will come out and we'll we'll work out together and... and um, Try to stay fit as as well as we can. For so school.
1: these these kids, as as you call yes, them, these yes. 20, 25 year olds yes. that are out there with you, do they look at you and like say, Mark, man, Mark's like he's in his mid fifties and he's in better shape than I am. So <laughs> so is it like a not a competition, but is it almost like a like a like a um, you know, they want to they say, man, I need to I need to do better. You
0: well, know? you know I, I, <laughs> I you know I do try I try to surround myself with with young people. I love young people. I love people in general. Um, but I love young people because um, I feel like I can, I can give them direction and give them really some do's and don'ts in life that, that I had to experience. Some mistakes
1: you learned Ma- from.
0: Mistakes I learned from. But uh, the flip side of that is that they push me. You know, they'll, they'll say, come on, man, let's go. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm going like, man, I can't go no more. Oh, yeah, you can. Uh, but they do, they do, I think they look at me as, hey, man, if he can do it, I can do it type thing. Uh, and I'm always encouraging the guys, you know, hey, look, man, let's, you know, eat right. Try to, try to eat, the, eat as healthy as you can. You know, not, not that you got to go to the stream, but, you know, sometimes I do when I'm preparing for a competition but, you know, look, everything in moderation, right? You know, if you're going to eat a piece of chocolate cake, you know, don't eat, don't eat the whole cake. You just eat a piece of it. And, <laughs> um, and you know, we, so we, um, we just encourage each other for sure.
1: And so speaking of competition, I know you're telling me you've done, you know, a half dozen races, um, including uh, and, and at least one Ironman so far. Right. Um, so tell me about your, your favorite one or, or what right. and how that all went.
0: Right. Well, you know, every year we do um, we do a firefighter 5K, which which is awesome. Running and and
1: sometimes people wear the full they, gear. They wear right? the
0: full gear. Yeah, I haven't done that event in four years. Um, I started having some knee problems because I was running so much on the road, and man, I just. My lower back was hurting, so I had to really kind of back off that a little bit and, and just get on a, get on a treadmill in, indoors, and, which I don't like to do uh, <laughs> at all. It's just you don't, you don't have the, the right feel. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it, it's, it's really uh, my favorite event is the triathlon event yeah.
1: um,
0: because it, it's more, you know, you're in the running community, okay? So, you know, you take the running community, back, biking community, and the swim community, And you mix all them in together you you have just an incredible amount of support Um, you know it's yeah you're trying to do your your best but you have people run up beside you and say come on man let's go let's let's pick it up you know you're running behind a little bit you know uh, but my favorite event is one really that callaway right up the road puts on uh, every year, and it's a gr- it's a great environment. Callaway does an unbelievable Callaway job. Gardens. You're swimming yes. there in the water. Yeah, swim right there in Robin Lake. That's where your swim event is. Then you they got a little running course. Then you bike and. Um, it's a great event, it really is.
1: Now, yeah. the, the Ironman, was this a half Ironman? Or was it this, was, it was, so it was a 70.3, I think, is the, the total number. Yeah, of, yeah,
0: 70.3 yeah. is total. Yeah. Yeah. So, what, yeah. was,
1: what was that like for you? Because I know that you have plans or hopes to do another one next year, right. training for that. So, right. was that um, more difficult or easier than you expected? Because, I mean, you do in the order of swim, then bike, then, then right. you're running a half yeah. marathon at that's, the end.
0: That's right, that's right. Yeah, it's, um, man, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about I thought I was in really good shape, mm. and i did, I found out I wasn't in that that good a shape that that I thought I was uh and really it's it's more about you know if you talk to, talk to any successful triathlon or a triathlete, you know there's a balance between everything you got to do, and so I burned out really quick because I was so super excited, man, I gave it all real hard at the beginning and then in the mid, man I'm just you know I'm sucking wind and Toward the end, I'm I'm gassed. Yeah. Uh, but it's it it is by far my my favorite my favorite uh, avoid, uh, sport and event to go to.
1: So your strategy for the next Ironman is to pace yourself.
0: Pa- pace myself, <laughs> and really, I'm 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 I've learned a ton just by reading and listening to different blogs and. Um, podcasts and reading a bunch from, and we got man, we got some incredible local triathlete triathlons as well here in, here in Columbus, and we got there's a great club here, and um, you know really my the ultimate goal. I told my wife the other day, um, my ultimate goal would be to qualify to go to Hawaii and run Ironman. Yeah, uh, that would be that that would be the I could I could tie my shoes together and hang them up.
1: Sandy Uh, would be open to go. Sandy would
0: be open to go to to, to, uh, Hawaii Hawaii for sure. But, but yeah, so yeah, it's just going to be a different strategy, a little bit different nutrition. Um, I'm not a big carb eater uh, at all, but you got to have that, Uh, you know, as a runner, you got to, you got to carb load and and I didn't do that. So I'm just learning uh, just from different people.
1: Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you about, you, you talk about how you're very disciplined in terms of what you eat and kind of passing on a lot of stuff. But for someone who works out several hours a day, right. you know, and you're running or, or doing weights and, and you need to have those calories. So you some did. people, they do, you know, stay fit. Or maybe do endurance sports because they love to eat so much so they can't that's, eat, that's right. right so they can have pizza that's or right. ice cream or whatever Absolutely. so for you is 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 that partially the case or are you still really strict on like lots of vegetables and limited right. fat
0: well yeah we i try to keep my fat down uh between 40 and 30 and 40 grams a day while i'm training uh because um i i eat more carbs on the back end of that sure. so i want to kind of keep the fat down uh, but you're right. man, You're exactly right. A lot of people will uh, train hard where they can eat hard, and, <laughs> and that and that's awesome. That's great. But I think it's I think really it's, it's individual. You know, it's really what you know how good you feel. You know where you're at your best um, when you're training for an event. Of course, after train after you do that event, man, is it, everything everything's on the table. Then I mean, um, I bump my my calories up from. 2100 a day to 3800 a day. Wow. Uh, sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah, it, it <laughs> is fun. But I eat good food, you know. Sure. I don't eat just junk, but you you eat you just eat good food. But but um man you got to have them calories, man. You got to. Yeah, you
1: know, got to put sure. it back, well beforehand and before after. Before and
0: after. Well, you know, at, when you get ready to run a marathon, okay? Right before you get ready to go that that night before, you're going to eat some carbs. You're yeah, going you're going pasta pizza that. Because the next day you're gonna you're gonna burn that off in probably the first what ten miles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then yeah. you're gonna be man. Then a lactic acid may get going in your body, and man, you start cramping up. That's what you don't want to do. Yeah. So you know, food food is an incredible um, motivator for athletes because you have to be able to uh, know what fuels your body at the right time and how much you need to fuel it. Yeah. So in the, as a marathon runner, you you know, man, every time you run by a table, it has a gel pack on it or something. And you grab <laughs> that thing and you put it in your mouth. It's like instant. Yeah. I mean, it's instant yeah. um, uh, energy. So, so, yeah.
1: And as a firefighter, you know, you've been doing this for 36 years. Um, how important is fitness for your job? Um, because not everybody, you know, right. uh, maybe is as fit or as skinny right. as you are. But uh, you know, uh, do you guys you know uh, have certain standards you need to meet, and and that, is that fitness used when you're running in to help fight a fire or mm-hmm. dealing with an emergency right. or just on, a, on any other call?
0: Right. Yeah, physical fitness in in, in uh, firefighting is very very important. We we do have a standard. We 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 got a great man. We, we got a great training department. Um, we have a health and safety uh, department as well. And, we, we have a PHA, a physical health assessment, done every year on every person. Let them know where they're at, what they need to work on, them them kind of things. But, man, it's extremely important that you stay physically fit. Now, everybody has a different body type, and we use different, like like me, I use different Personnel to do different things. Yeah. If if I if I have a six six guy that's two forty five, he's gonna he's gonna be my, my my door kicker. If I have a guy that's one hundred and fifty pounds that has zero fat on him, he's gonna be my scuttle hole guy. He's gonna go up in the attic. You know, you just kind of you just kind of know your personnel like yeah. that. But um, so it's
1: good to have a variety of bodies. Oh sizes. yes,
0: yeah. a- absolutely. But also it, that weighs into the mental aspect of our job as well. You know, fitness. Being fit mentally and physically is, is, is a tremendous advantage when you're in the public safety field. Yeah. Because so, we see things that normally people don't see. We, 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 we handle things that normal people don't handle. Um, so you got to have that balance between the physical and the mental fitness.
1: Uh, and, you, and you talked right about, patient. you know, your passion for fitness and, right. and working out and, and doing triathlons. Uh, speak to the mental aspect of that in terms of, obviously, you, you look better, you feel better, and uh, you want to be a good example, whether it be for your, your spouse or your kids right. or whatever. Um, but mentally, what does that do for you in terms of, you know, uh, they talk about releasing endorphins, right. that kind of thing. Right. But does it... Uh, you know, really help you in terms of what, calming down or focusing? Right. or fo-
0: fo- The big is focus for me. You know, if I can, you know, it's funny because, because Sandy will tell you that there's two things I got, I've got i got to have every morning. Number one is a cup of black coffee. <laughs> uh, when I get up, number just two, one cup. just one cup before I go to the gym. But um, I've got to have my prayer time and i got to have my gym time. And those two things really helps me focus spiritually and physically, and mentally, emotionally, um, and it really helps prepare me for for the day. Um, You know, decisions, everybody makes decisions every day. Look, we're no different than what you are. Uh, Public public safety people, firefighters, police officers, paramedics, EMTs, we we go through the same struggle, the same battles that everybody else does. Uh, But at the end of the day, you gotta have a you gotta have time for yourself and you gotta have a way that you can just clear everything in your mind out and just be able to focus on on what you gotta get done. So that's what that's what fitness does for me. It gives me it that's my that's my outlet that I can take and I can just have that have that time to get my head clear for the day.
1: Yeah, and you were talking earlier about how you know some of your passions are first responders, obviously, right. uh, your passions, people, just right. in general, young people, right. people of all ages, right. just loving on people. Um, but one of the last things I wanted to ask you about was you, know, you also have a passion for the local church right. um, and you know supporting the local church. So you know we've been through this COVID-19 pandemic for the last right. 18 months plus now, still going on, still affecting us. Some churches are still virtual or, or requiring masks or whatever else. There's all different kinds of rules. Um, so in the midst of all this, and as somebody who's been a pastor, Pastor. And um, you know, what is your perspective on how the church has kind of come on the other side of this? I mean, do right. you think we've learned, as, or I think churches have learned something right. from this?
0: Yeah, I do, Jason. Uh, and you know, going walking through this pandemic, we you know we seen um, we seen church go from in in person gatherings to total virtual, you know, sit you know watching it online, back to in person. To a certain extent, 50, 30, 60 percent, whatever, whatever uh, the church decided to do there. But, but I think we've learned a very, a very valuable lesson. Number one, we we we, we need God, and number two, we we need each other. We need community. We we're built. We are not built for for being alone. We isolation. Need, yeah, I, uh, isolation is the biggest thing um, that will will take a, a strong person down. It really will. And you get isolated, man, you just start, you know, you start thinking about different things and one thing leads to another and um, it's just not a good place to be. So, you know, I I think the church has done a tremendous job through this whole pandemic. I know a lot of local pastors here, a lot of local churches here, they've done a tremendous job on both sides of the river um, and protecting their people, number one, but also caring for their people. you know, making phone calls every day, texting somebody, hey, how you doing today? Just those little things go, go a long way. And, and I believe this. just, we, we've known each other for a long, long time. The local church is the hope of the world. I believe that with all my heart. Uh, it's the local church that we, we have. We have communion with God, communion with our fellow believers. Uh, and, and it don't matter if you're uh, non-denomination, assembly of God, Methodist, it don't, it don't matter we all have a common ground and we can come together. So yeah. so get, love the local church, man.
1: Yeah, get plugged in, find find a place. Find that,
0: a place there yeah. is a church for every person. Yeah. Exactly. I, I can promise you that there, yeah. there's no doubt about it.
1: And you know, because of this pandemic, and and also you know, in part because of nine eleven twenty years ago, um, there I think there is a different perspective from the public on you know healthcare workers, right? First responders, people Absolutely. that respond to emergencies, um, and about how you know how dangerous the job can be, but how much you guys sacrifice, um, give of yourselves right. for for others. And <clears throat> so, have you seen? either from 20 years ago from the attacks or from this pandemic, a a, a shift in people's, the way they treat you as a firefighter, as a medic and appreciate you uh, differently? Yeah,
0: I have seen a shift. uh, And and really there's been a shift even in my life. Um, uh, My wife's also a nurse. Uh, I have a lot of different nurse friends at the hospitals. And and really, you know, um, I have a great deal of respect for our local doctors, our nurses, the, the people who are in the hospitals every day dealing with COVID patients, de- dealing with any type of emergency. Uh, for for my guys, you know, it was real, real important for me that, you know, I took the best care of them as I could, you know, make sure they had the equipment they needed, that kind of thing. And um, there has been a huge shift, I think, in the healthcare industry uh, from an emergency response standpoint and from a local hospital standpoint. Um, that um, that people really do appreciate. What our healthcare workers and first responders do
1: yeah well sure. definitely you know we appreciate what you and and your wife and as a nurse and firefighter EMT what you guys do on, on a on a daily basis because um, the rest of us you know just uh, kind of doing our jobs we sometimes forget about you know that we have freedom because of the military we have That's safety right. because of you guys and, yeah. and our health that kind of thing so right. uh, definitely I appreciate
0: yeah. it and, and, your, and one of the things real quick Jason just to just to give a give a plug listen if you're looking for uh a great career path look look to the to the nursing and look to the to the hospitals or to 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 serving your community as a first responder or police officer or firefighter um it's a great great occupation it really is and and we've seen through this pandemic uh of course you you've done it on the news we've heard on the national level that there's just a tremendous shortage of nurses um uh, right now i mean tremendous Paramedics is the same way, firefighters, you know, so if anybody's listening out there, I would love to be able to connect with you and help you find your path, for
1: sure. Because people in those jobs are, unfortunately, and and maybe a lot of jobs, are overworked. And, uh, man, what a, um, can be, you know, a hard job at times in terms of first responders or nurses or healthcare. but what what a rewarding job it can be, too, because you are really in the trenches helping people, you know, saving lives, but but also just, you get a chance to kind of love folks kind of where they're at, right? That's
0: right, that's right. Yeah, and it's, you know, every time we we go, go to a call and it's... If somebody dealing with COVID, or somebody who um, who has had a heart attack, or somebody lost a loved one, listen, you know, you won't you go back to what we are talking about about the mission field. People can impact their f- their sphere of of influence where they're yep. at. You know, I, ca- I can't tell you how many times we I have been able to personally help people out uh, on a scene uh, that. Um, has had a tragedy in their life. Yeah, and get sure, a chance so.
1: to, to pray for them. Sure, yeah, absolutely. As well, so. absolutely. Yeah, And speaking of that, we usually close the podcast out in prayer, so I want sure. to pass the helmet to you for that. Sure, uh, sure. If you can uh, close us in prayer.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Jason. Let's pray together. Father, we love you today, and Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your love for us. Jesus, we, we're so very thankful, God, that today we can sit in a room and, and just share our hearts together, and, and hopefully, Lord, we can encourage somebody on the other side of this microphone tonight Um, Lord, I pray, Lord, that if there's anyone listening today, Lord, uh, that is struggling, Lord, that is um, facing a hard situation. God, I I just pray, Lord, that you'll give them a moment in your presence. Uh, Show them how real you are, Lord. Uh, And I pray, Lord, if they don't know you uh, as personal Lord and Savior Jesus, that, Lord, they will come to the realization um, that you love them so very much. Uh, and you died for every person's sins that has ever been born. So, Lord, I thank you for that today. Lord, I I thank you for Jason, this great podcast that he has uh, put together. Lord, uh, bless him and his efforts today, and we thank you for all the blessings um, of living in the greatest country on the face of the earth, and we thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen.
1: Yeah, it is the greatest country, definitely, indeed. And, Absolutely. and it's hard, you know, hard to believe we met back when I think I was in my very early 20s. You were in your yep, early 30s. Yep, and yep. so we've gotten a little older here. But, Man, but we've But we're, we're still older. doing it, right? We're still, we're still working hard. <laughs> no yeah. doubt. No doubt. <laughs> so, well, thanks very much, Mark. I appreciate it. I'll let you get back to your uh, duties as firefighter. And uh, we appreciate it that uh, you spreading the word of of uh, faith and fitness uh, around uh, this great country and this city. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it.
1: Mark's a great guy uh, full of energy and passion for faith and fitness and his family and uh just fits right in with this uh run the race podcast and uh, I'm not sure if he remembers it or not, but back about uh probably twenty three years ago or you know something like that, uh, he was an associate pastor where I went to church, and you know I was fairly new to the assembly of God Church Pentecostal churches I'd grown up Baptist Methodist Presbyterian. Episcopal, non-denominational, lots of churches growing up as, as a Christian. But, but you know, I was new because I was dating somebody, engaged to somebody who whose dad was a, a former Assemblies of God Pentecostal preacher, raising hands, all that kind of stuff. And so I was still kind of learning, and, and I, you know, I had never really, as growing up in, in other kinds of denominations, I had never really heard much about the Holy Spirit. Well, I was at the altar, and I, you know, had heard about it for years while dating my my soon-to-be wife. That uh, about the Holy Spirit coming in and, and 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 you being you know kind of baptized in it, and, and people speaking in tongues, and it talks about that in the Bible. And uh, I was at the altar at at uh, you know at the altar at Trinity Temple Church, uh, which is where we went to church together. And um, he uh, he was there at the altar with me as associate pastor. And he uh, he helped lead me and uh, to be baptized by the Holy Spirit for the first time and, I, you know, spoke in tongues. And really, you know, it wasn't a put on. It wasn't something I was faking or for show. And so uh, that was Mark Burnett, Pastor Mark Burnett, uh, right there with me. Uh, you know, more than two decades ago. So I, I will remember that uh, for the rest of my life for sure. So thank him for coming on and joining me and sharing his story and his emotions about you know, 9-11 and uh, just uh, how things are in the world today. Now turning to our final segment of the podcast, obviously he already gave us our closing prayer. We have a parting gift that comes from the Bible and is related to uh, firefighting. This is a verse uh in the in the Bible the good word from Joshua one nine it says haven't I commanded you be strong and courageous, do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go and you know being a firefighter really anywhere in life nowadays we go through really struggles and uh sometimes some of the worst situations we feel like you know and maybe you're going through that now with the covid nineteen pandemic or Maybe, you know, with all the the turmoil in the world today and and war impending, perhaps. And so in the middle of those worst situations, uh, these verses in Joshua remind us to be strong. Uh, God is really always there with you. you got to remember that. He's there in those fires and, you know, good and bad calls, decisions you make or not, and the things that happen to you, uh, you know, that, that you maybe shouldn't have to see. First responders see just really horrible things sometimes. Well, God has... Courage for you, not discouragement. We get discouraged by a lot of things in the world and the flesh. He gives us courage. It talks in Joshua about be strong and and courageous. The Lord your God is with you. Do not forget that. Well, thanks so much again for joining us. If you'd like to listen to any of the previous uh, 80 episodes of the podcast before this one, go to WTVM.com slash podcast. We'd love for you to run the race with us. We're on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all kinds of places. And uh, look forward to uh, many more uh, discussions with folks that will hopefully ins- inspire you and motivate you to uh, get fitter, and to get closer to God. So until next time, hope you all have a very blessed day, week, and uh, the rest of this summer.